This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Hello there. Welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. I'm Peter Gowers. Let's head to the bunker at the MT Independent Online newspaper and catch up with Chris Walsh, the editor, to find out what's going on in the world of news this week. G'day, Walshy. Hey, Pete. Good to see you. Good to see you too, mate. It's uh, Darwin's in full flight right now, and the NT in terms of news. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, like I said, it's corruption busting season, <laughs> and uh, God knows we got a lot more of that coming out soon. But um, this week, in any case, like I was telling you, I don't remember what I've published and what I haven't at this point. Now, yep. so much stuff going on, but uh, yeah, of course, with estimates, uh, you had all of the favorite characters showing up. Um, except for Files, of course, who uh, will show up next week. She had to go interstate. Her son's unwell. Um, so a bit of an un- unusual announcement there just before Estimates was ready yeah. to start on Tuesday morning. She was supposed to be up on Sunday afternoon. They sent out a release statement saying that her son was unwell. And, of course, we hope that he gets well and he gets the treatment and that they had to go interstate to seek this treatment because he does have a rare condition a tumor on his spinal cord apparently um so yeah just terrible terrible news there um and so they've but then they've had to uh to kind of rejig estimates which kind of i think probably threw a lot of people off and probably cost us a lot of money too to be honest right um and of course like yeah we we want her son to be well but i think you know somebody had raised the point that you know if you have to do this you know and you do have to do this when it comes to your family but then are you able to give 100 percent to the job when you've got an issue like this and uh, i think it's a valid point i think no disrespect to to natasha files or her family about that but that is something that you've got to ask when you take on those roles is that can you commit 100 percent? because this was something that was scheduled a long time ago everybody's set up and ready to go the different departments have to go on these different days the timing is all set up um so they they kind of rejected it as i said though and uh files will be up Monday. I was hoping we were going to talk about this uh, on the News Bites thing about what came up because it's going to be explosive stuff when Files does front estimates. Uh, so they've had to mix it up. So they brought in Nicole Madison, who was supposed to be on Thursday. They brought her forward to Tuesday. Lawler stayed today on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we've got, uh, we've got Kate Warden and police. So that's going to get interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, these things sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're nothing. And, uh, you know, you just sit there and listen to it all day. I was falling asleep today. Um, <laughs> some of it was really dull. But we did have, uh, of course, Madison yesterday. And she, uh, you know, some of the sometimes the stupid things that they say that captures the attention of media and takes away from everything else that they were maybe trying to do. And in this case, we had tourism minister. Nicole Madison, essentially downplaying the effect crimes having on tourism in the territory, telling budget estimates that interest rate rises are the real culprit for the NT's sluggish start to its peak tourism season. Right. Uh, yeah, this was just, uh, I mean, it was laughed off, laughed at by everybody in the room. Um, 
By sluggish start, she means we're halfway through, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and it, well, she did say something about, oh, we think it'll pick up later. And, uh, it'll be okay. And when like, the wet kicks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about shoulder season. Um, yeah, look, it, it just, this again, you know, Robin Lamley, though, I, I thought what she said, she just was incredulous about it. And she said, do you people ever admit that there's a problem with anything? <laughs> and I think that that just kind of sums up what everybody's thinking now. That's is a great that, like, point. They can't even come in and accept responsibility for this and say, okay, here's what we need to do. And it is yeah. affecting tourism. And we know this. And we had the head of the Central uh, the Tourism Central Australia there saying that, that this crime's out of control. This is why the hotels aren't booked. The tourist operators aren't seeing the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but the same up here in the top end. So it's, uh, it's, definitely having an effect and I, I think it was you know and then her blaming the interest rate rises and somebody had said on our facebook page oh yeah that's right interest rate rises are stabbing people in the streets that's what's well, keeping people away they have been very sharp rises chris uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah she she here's what madison said so she said that it's uh the escalating crime is quote certainly something we listen to the industry about but she said it wasn't the biggest issue stopping people from coming. For some people, I'm sure crime has had an impact on their decision making, she said. But the majority of where we're hearing that those pressures are coming from are interest rate rises, trying to pay the bills, but also having more choice now about where people can actually go, she said. Uh, They've made new countries and new states, have they? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think she meant post-COVID or something. But, uh, yeah, these numbers aren't good that we're seeing here. Uh Madison would not say if the government, and this was the other thing that they kind of picked up on here, the opposition saying, well, you know, and, and Robin Lamley saying, you know, are you recording the impact of crime on tourists' decisions, uh, decision to come to the Northern Territory? She said no. Madison said that, or she would not say if the government was even, you know, recording this or finding a way to use this data, but yeah. indicated the government felt things would pick up later in the year. <laughs> <laughs> she just got a feeling like Hugh Eggie used to in his bones. Things are gonna. She also said she had been in positive talks with budget airlines Rex and Bonza. Now you remember that, uh, but she would not say the last time she spoke to the airlines. Uh, then, yeah, I mean, look, like what we were saying last week, there were flights there to Canberra that uh, Qantas Link. We don't think they even know about this. Like, yeah. it's not across the portfolio. Uh, CLP Tourism spokeswoman Mary Claire Boothby said tourism operators would quote be baffled and angry by the tourism minister downplaying their concerns around crime. The impacts of crime were continuously batted away by the minister, often passing the buck to her department, Boothby said. If Labor's tourism minister can't see the correlation with crime and the NT missing out in a competitive market, what hope can the industry have in her? Even over the weekend just gone, the Fink Desert race had the highest vacancy rate in Alice on record for that period, yet the minister sat there and spoke about Central Australian operators having a great season but she couldn't name even one. Yeah. You know, she said, oh, no, everything's going well, who, who told you that things are going good? Well, you yeah. know, we talked to people and saw that nonsense, and she goes mm. around it. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, pretty pretty bad performance there. Uh, just got better from there, really. I mean, yeah, had, um, <laughs> you had her talking about, she was talking about mining, right? And, and this was earlier in the day. And, of course, she is the mining and industry minister. Um, yeah, and she just, she just, I mean, they just have nothing. And they, they, we know that the, the royalties are down in the forward estimates. 
yep. for the territory, which is pretty huge. But they've had no major projects here, no mining projects. She said during estimates that only two of 21 planned mining projects had come out with a final investment decision last year, and none have yet to reach a major project status. Uh, now, the Beedaloo Basin Gas Protection License is expected to be given to Empire Energy uh, late this year, early next year, she said. And then, again, the lies happen about how they've implemented all of the Pepper Inquiries, one on 35 recommendations, which we know isn't true. <laughs> um, yeah, so, the, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, a lot of stuff was revealed there. And, again, you just walk away with that thinking these guys aren't prepared. They're not yeah. across their portfolios. See, a guy like Ken Vowles, he was in there. He, he, he actually got a sense of Ken. He knew what he was talking about. He's the last labor minister that I remember actually having a, a, a grip on his portfolio and knowing yeah. what he was talking about. These guys, you know, they listen to the to the public servants too much. They don't make their own decisions, and then they show up in these things and think they can just spread some more lies and get through it all. And I guess they did. Mm. Did she yell jobs, jobs, jobs at any, at any time? Uh, of course, yes, yes, yes. That was <laughs> yeah, most definitely. That was somewhere in there. I remember hearing it and cringing. <laughs> I think Woody threw up a little in his mouth. Um, yeah, it's just sad. It's just sad because the jobs, jobs, jobs is even for any of these projects that she hasn't brought online. Like they haven't brought any major projects online. Mm. Um, uh, they're more just jobs. The other two jobs, remember the Auditor General found how much they inflated these job figures by. Yeah. Like, we didn't talk about that last week, but just quickly, what was it? It was like 20,000 jobs at middle arm. Hmm. Like, that is so outrageously crazy. At, at, at index is That's peak. 10% of the entire Northern Territory. Yeah, just at, yeah, just out at a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> middle arm. Now, here's the thing. With, with impacts, I think the peak was something like 7,000. Yeah. But somehow it's going to be nearly triple that for mm. this middle arm thing. Like they just these figures are all made up, and and we saw some other stuff in estimates figures that are just made up. <laughs> this is the only thing you can call them just to get through the budget process. Yeah. Um, and now one of these things that, that, that was brought up about that we know recently. Well, how much did this cost taxpayers? Is of course the secret payout to Jamie Chalker. Yes, the former police commissioner. Of course, they botched his sacking. Instead of just sacking him, it turned into a whole thing. He was unable to sue them. They then, just before they were going to go to court, when he was obligated to file some documents which related to we know conversations between Warden and Files. Oh, and then at the eleventh hour, this payment happens. It's settled, mm -hmm. and he's retired. Um, and we don't. We're not told how much. We're left yep. holding a bag, but we don't know how much is in the bag here. So the opposition straight out, and I think um, uh, uh, Lawler, the treasurer, this morning was taken aback. I think she said it a few times. Why are you guys being so mean? Like, why are you asking? Why are you asking about negative stuff right off the, the bat here? I thought that we'd just kind of ease into it. And they're like, no, we want to know how much you your incompetent government cost taxpayers to pay off a police commissioner that you couldn't just fire. So, of course, uh, we're not going to get any answers on that from the treasurer. Um, but one of the things that was established here in that line of questioning to the treasurer is that it didn't come from a treasurer's advance. So it didn't come from treasury. And, in fact, Lawler, the more she talked, and, my God, if you ever want to hear anybody who just doesn't sound confident in themselves, you talk about being across your portfolio, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get Lawler on this. Now, she was a little more calmer and smoother with education, but when she's talking about treasury, you can tell this woman has no confidence in herself. 
Mm. And then, oh, but then we had a, a special guest appearance from my favorite guy every June when I get to see him. Mm. Craig Graham, under treasurer. <laughs> he came real, back. He's the real money man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He just sat there. I was thinking somebody should start a Twitter account like Craig Graham's thoughts while Lawler's talking. <laughs> because, like, I, I get the sense the guy might know something and he just must be shaking his head. And he, he looks annoyed. He looks annoyed yeah. when Lawler's talking about because you know Lawler has no idea about finances or money or business or the economy. She's uh, she's uh, remember what was her line about? Oh, well, the economy's going good because we're getting a new KFC. Um, yes. Yeah, so anyway, same to a standard response to everything during estimates was uh, I I don't have any vision on that or I don't have any. That's not a that's yeah. not a response to the question. Surely to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what she said. Um, yeah, uh, and then she said, "That's how it should be. I should have no vision on that or no sight on that." Anyway, so what that means, though, in the more that she talked, was that we found that the money has actually come, and now from and it, and it's more than a million dollars is what everybody says. I hear one between one point or between one and two. Other people have gone as high as two point four. I heard the other day. So, like everybody will speculate. I'm not saying any of those figures are right. I have no idea. I think what it's it an is. option. I think. <laughs> yeah, we just don't know, but we do need to know, and I think we should know. I mean, this is taxpayer money, and where did it come from? Well, it came from the police budget, which means that they're going to be down whatever that figure is, you know. And they've already complained the union about not very much in the budget in the recently yep. announced budget for this upcoming financial year, nothing in there, new money for policing. And we know the crime crisis is out of control. So now they're at a disadvantage here. They'll be impacted by whatever they have to pay Jamie Chalker. Uh, and that was it. And then she said that she wanted to, uh, well, what she said, if there needs to be any adjustments or any changes to the police budget because of that payout, that will be dealt with through the mid-year budget process. Now, again, this is like the Langelamp report said, you got to stop doing this. Yeah, one budget, bro. You don't, like, every time you need money, start just giving it and treasure advances and all of this stuff. So, but that's basically what she's saying here. Uh, she also said that the, she didn't know what the government's legal costs were because we know that he went to court. Didn't she is a treasurer, right? She does get to see some numbers. Or? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and then there'll be more next week about some of that. I want to point to that just quickly too, Pete, that uh, there was an issue raised today by Robin Lamley regarding uh, projection uh, taxation revenue for the NT and that it, 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 Power and Water Corporation was up by $30 million, which is four times what the taxes that they get off it now. Wow. Four times. So that was asked about. We'll we'll get some details about that next week when they talk about government-owned corporations because it's significant here. That means like there's only one way that they get to be more profitable. Yeah. Uh, we know what their business is, and that'll be made up on the backs of territorians. So more on that next week. Uh yeah. So yeah, as far as it went with this today, that was it. The uh the, they wouldn't disclose that. Now, the other thing, well, I should say that uh, Leo Finacchiaro said, look, the already under-resourced police, police have paid for this file's government stuff up. 
which she, I think, accurately describes there. She said the yeah. treasurer this morning admitted that the payout to Jamie Chalker was paid for out of the police budget and no additional funds were provided to support the figure. The treasurer, despite being responsible for all expenditure of taxpayer dollars, continued to say that she had no idea how much the payout was, so could not name what services have to be cut from the police budget to fund this payout. Our hardworking police don't deserve the level of disrespect and disregard shown to them by labor. This is another example of labor turning back on police. I think she meant turning their backs on police. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's what she said. And, of course, we know all the background of what led to Chalker. And we got a nice photo of him there drinking a coffee that you paid for. Uh, <laughs> so now the the other thing with Lawler today, now we got into this and I was like, it's the CLP, are they filibustering this thing? They kept asking inane questions near the end about education stuff. And it's like, you know, the way the timing works, we got to get her up on Dipple. Now, Dipple's huge. Dipple's one of the biggest departments. Yep. We wanted to hear about that. And they just kept going on. I was like, this is a filibuster. They're filibustering their own time here yeah. when they get to question the minister and the chief executive. Now, one of the big things that came out of that was this, that, um, well, look, they lied about the, uh, It's they think it's going to cost 288000 to um, repair the damage of the Howard Springs camp. I have an obligation not really to report that because I don't believe that figure and there's nothing. And, and then she said that they've only just gone to tender. They've just given that company that's going in to assess the damage. So they really have no idea. It's been 288000 to date or something. That's but they just still on have, Windows alone, isn't it? Well, it was 637 Windows. Yeah, that came yeah. out today. So anyway, and they're timing around that. Anyway, so that was that. But we all knew that. There, there's no new news there. Uh, one of the things, so Joe Hersey did ask, which I thought was a valid, very valid question, was where's the chief executive? Where's Andrew Kirkman? Right. You know, at estimates, and this guy took off last month, um, we don't know why. We've never been given an explanation. Well, they said he was on long service leave, but we've talked about this, about how the staff didn't know until two days after he had already got it. And then they said, well, we better send something around to people. So they send it around saying he was on long service leave. We're told that's not how it works. Like they would know if the chief executive was going on long service leave. Yep. Joe Hersey brought it up um, and Lawler snapped just kind of almost had a breakdown about it and started yelling at her about how dare you. And Brent Potter, the chair, he got involved saying, how dare you question where he is? He's such a good public servant. He's taking some time. Uh, Like I said, it's a fair question because he's not there and you've got a substitute. And and then the other question could have been, well, why isn't the, the deputy chief executive stepping up why did they bring louise mccormick in who's the uh, infrastructure commissioner which a made-up job that gunner came up with but why is she coming back in when it wouldn't why wouldn't the deputy you know take over and act in that role while he's on long service leave so that's yeah. an interesting question too which i have no problem asking and evil Lawler said to him, i hope all the public servants get to see that you actually asked that question well yeah it's a fair question during that's estimate. okay yeah was, yeah anyway it's ridiculous was anybody offended during this process i believe i believe yeah lawler was very much offended by that so okay. <laughs> wow it, it yeah. continues and um uh, Chris, something that I I read in all this, and we can drill down further during uh, weekends, is uh, just in relation to the daily figure that uh, the NT is paying back because of all the debt that's been racked up. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's much more. Well, I think by the end of this financial year, I guess the way to look at that is I think it's like 1.6. 
something like that, a million a day. Now that's yeah. getting higher. When you get about 1.3, I think that's it was 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, whatever. I mean, it's growing up, but but when you get there, when you're getting up to 1.6 too, I mean, that's just that's starting to get that's starting to get untenable, uh, which I already think it is at 1.1, even a couple of few years back when we did that story on that. But um, yeah, there, there's no way that they're going to bring this down at any time soon. I mean, their forecasts show it's going to go up again next year. And then they think, you know, and all Lawler could do was say that, uh, well, we're getting more in GST revenue. So that's the good news here. Why aren't we focusing on this? It's like, but you guys had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you do realize that, right? Correct. That and if you're spending more than you're earning, it doesn't matter how much, yeah. you know, like so, oh, you're getting more coming in, but there's still more than that going out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it is untenable, and you can't you can't operate like that. And she doesn't want to. She thinks this is great news. We should all be celebrating when we get more GST funding. But it's given to people who've been proven to be mismanagers of yes. states' finances and and the economy. So yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, at least um, they're doing the right thing in one regard, Chris. And there's a. NT job site that's bringing people exclusively into the territory. <laughs> I thought you'd like this because you love your jobs of the week. I tell you, go on here and pick one of these up because <laughs> they're wild. Eh? Like you could be a uh, an oil and gas industry uh, safety, health, and sustainability officer with Red Rooster. Apparently, that's it. a position. Uh, the other one was at Sydney Swans. They're looking for uh, fan engagement. Officer up in Catherine here, apparently, like this, they, and a Wollongong High School, also <laughs> also involved with the Sydney Swans or something. Like they've got all these companies mixed together. Anyway, so it's this bizarre thing. So it's wow. called, we believe it's called it's called one of two things. We think it's either called Work in the Northern Territory, or it's called Territory Worker Connect. Now, what this is, is it's a site that is actually live right now. If you go to our page, read the story by David Wood, and down in the bottom, you can click on the link, and it'll take you there. But you, you're worth reading the story first so you get your head around what to expect. Mm. It's absolute madness. It's absolute madness. Now, what happened is the Department of Industry, Tourism, and Trade, uh, back in January, awarded a 12-month, $177,000 contract through Select Tender. So I didn't even go to a public tender to build this website. It was to Brisbane-based software and service technology company. Are you working in January? <laughs> go, Are you working? Um, anyway, as Woody pointed out, one of the stated, stated aims in the tender for the site was to, quote, deliver a territory talent community and also enable our campaign conversion objectives. Okay. Yeah, so you Pretty figured cool. that one out. Uh, yep. But as Woody found here, many jobs are in the wrong industry categories. They're listed as being in a territory location, but are actually located elsewhere. As the headline said, NT Jobs website requiring people to move out of the territory for work. <laughs> uh, so you want to attract people here, but there's actually a job to, that says you need to relocate to Western Australia uh, to get that job. And this is like the government paid them this company to create this thing and then they even thought they looked at it so yeah well, hey this is pretty good let's go live you hit the button let's go live with this baby let's do it uh, it is so weird you got to really read the story here we'll talk about it a little bit more next time but um some of these they, they mixed it up but there was one um well the tasmanian schools but they're saying you can actually do the job from Catherine. 
the reject shop. Everyone loves the reject shop. Uh, in connection with Rosny College in Tasmania, both together are looking for a principal to be based in Catherine. So somehow the reject shop got involved with the college. Uh, and Sustainable Timber Tasmania, they're looking for an advanced skills teacher for Tasmania's Kingston Primary School, which is also happenly, happens to be based in Catherine South. Uh, Someone's got their Google Maps off, I think, by the sound of it. It's so weird. You, you got to read some of these jobs. Like I said, the Red Rooster one is the, the Safety, Health, and Sustainability Supervisor in its little known, known oil and gas division. Uh, or you could be... Cook, <laughs> cooking oil? <laughs> I don't know. Or uh, there's another one, Customer Service Officer, in it's, again, Red Rooster's little known banking and finance division <laughs> called the Bendigo Bank. <laughs> Apparently, Red Rooster's in charge. Like, it's an absolute farce, this thing. Oh, dear. They pay money to do this. Oh, I, yeah. I just, I cannot believe this. You got to go read this story if, if anyone hasn't seen it. Uh, I think, you, yeah, it's it's just complete madness. And Woody, I think, rightfully takes a piss out of some of this here. And how, you know, maybe maybe you could do a 60-hour commute, a 30-hour <laughs> commute each way in one case right? uh, that are based in the NT. It's all supposed to be based in the NT. It's just wonderful how the uh, current Northern Territory government are so supportive of their digital marketing industry by outsourcing everything they possibly can out of the yeah. Northern Territory, yeah. Yeah. including the uh, creation of such beautiful websites uh, as that one. The, the other thing too <laughs> is I'm no uh, career counsellor, but if, uh, if your school is uh, setting you up to have a career at the reject shop. I think that's probably a school you may want to avoid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. The other one I got to say here, the, the other one, counseling pharmacotherapy clinician. Now, this job's advertised in East Point. Because we got a pharmacy out there now. Um, but it's actually, when you go on there, it's based in the neighboring suburb of Wodonga in Victoria, a short 80-hour commute per day <laughs> like this is uh, well actually that could answer a question because i'm sure rex flies into wodonga so <laughs> or nearby yeah so maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's how they pull that one off it's the unknown darwin to wodonga leg yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah like you can't make this stuff up they just stuff it up they just stuff it up they no. got something to do do it right they can't do it right I know we've been calling this place Clown Town for a while, but it's it's starting to resemble Utopia more and more every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. And uh, yeah. yeah, go go see this story. Go read this story because uh, it's yeah, it is believable. It's completely believable that that would happen here. Absolutely, Chris. I will catch you on weekends with Walshy. All right, thanks, Pete. We'll see you then. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent online newspaper, Weekends with Walsh. You're back again on the weekend. You'll be able to catch that from about 7 a.m. Saturday morning. And we'll catch you again next week for the Territory Story podcast, News Bites. That was the Territory Story News Bites for this week. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.